Good morning to the SMB community and the cloud-based community. This is Carl Polichuk from SMB Books and Cloud Services Roundtable, and we have quite uh, quite a little broadcast here today. Uh, got some big announcements towards the end, so uh, I hope everybody sticks around, and I hope that this is useful and uh, and valuable for your time. My name is Carl Polichuk, and since we have Quite a few new folks on the line today. I asked the old-timers to indulge me for a minute while I introduce myself. Uh, old-timers will probably probably come in a little bit late anyway, as we always, always have announcements at the beginning, and some people skip those. I have owned a small technology consulting business in Sacramento, California, since 1995. We help our clients differentiate themselves from their competition by the strategic use of technology, uh, we get uh, we got into managed services about six years ago, and you know really had been trying to figure out how to do it before that, and really kind of came up with a formula that we like. I have uh, gotten into cloud services in 2009, and we really just dove in with both feet, and uh, have been doing that very very successfully, and loving it, <clears throat> making a bunch of money. Uh, interesting thing is it's had some big changes for our company. We have reduced our personnel to almost nothing as uh, the, the money flows in, but we do not, uh, we, we're not required to have a large staff to support those clients anymore. In fact, uh, Mike is running the show at America's Tech Support, and he, um, he takes off a week here and a week there in a way that I never did when my company was less than a year old. So uh, something is going in the right direction. So uh, that's very good. And uh, I'd be happy to, uh, to help you if you're interested in figuring out how you can make your company run the same way. I have written nine books. Most of them are about how to be more successful as a technology consultant. Two of my favorite books are the Network Documentation Workbook and the Network Migration Workbook. I also own a company called Great Little Book, and Great Little Book Publishing Company uh, produces my books and distributes books through smbbooks.com and other websites. And finally, I write a blog called Small Biz Thoughts, geared towards small business consultants. And we have a big uh, featured presentation every Friday called SOP Friday. And so that's, uh, that's become very, very popular in the last year. And uh, we have, uh, we're going to continue that on. I have blog posts scheduled through December of 2012, so that series will certainly continue. And um, <clears throat> I also have a weekly email that highlights all the news and what's going on in the SMB community. And um, one of its regular features is a weekly schedule of the events that are coming up that you can attend live in the SMB space. And you can find out more about that by going to one of my websites and, and clicking on Carl's SMB email. In 2008 and 2009, I produced a podcast called the SMB Conference Call. And you can download more than 50 podcasts of that over at greatlittlebook.com, and those are all free. Uh, obviously, they're a little bit old, but uh, there's some good stuff there. And then in January of 2010, I started the Cloud Services Roundtable. And uh, we've now put together two whole years of the Cloud Services Roundtable. So there's another 50 programs you can download at cloudservicesroundtable.com. That requires a membership 
um, at a very reasonable fee. Um, in addition to that, uh, we have all kinds of things you can download. We have presentations in audio format. We have the uh, Excel spreadsheets and handouts from some of the presentations and so forth. So there's a nice little downloads area that uh, you can get to if you are uh, a member of the Cloud Services Roundtable. And then uh, <clears throat> we put together some special webinars and other things, and they're all right there. Um, so here's what we're up to today. I'm going to make some major changes to this podcast, and I think uh, we're going to really be able to set ourselves up to, to provide better service to the SMB community and to the consultants out there. Uh, but first, we're going we're gonna to have our announcements, as we always do. I'm going to summarize some of the big changes that have taken place in the in the space, SMB, managed services, and cloud space. I've got some speculations about what's going on in 2012 and what the year ahead looks like. Um, and finally, we're going to have a preview of some of the changes that are taking place on this podcast and um, a, a little bit of a, a branding shift, although very minor. So with that, I'm, I will say doodly-doo, doodly-doo, which is my, uh, that's my bumper music, doodly-doo, doodly-doo. Uh, segment two, uh, we're, we've got some announcements here. Um, just a few. First, Consumer Electronics Show is next week. So if you're going to be in, in or around Vegas January 13th or 10th through the 13th, you can get on, in on that. Uh, in terms of planning, if you think ahead to October, November, December of next year, you'll be able to register for the Consumer Electronics Show for free. Um, if you are remotely related to the business or do anything with cloud ser with uh, I'm sorry with uh, consumer electronics um, so you can get into that show for free uh, but you do have to plan ahead today uh, they will charge you to get in but there are still some things you can see for free uh, and there's some additional events going on in and around the, the uh, consumer electronics show in Vegas next week IBM's Lotus Sphere is going on January 15th through the 19th in Orlando Florida and the MVP Roadshow Tour uh, continues uh, in Columbus, Ohio on January 16th, in the Netherlands on the 18th, and Louisville, Kentucky on the 19th. I assume that there's different MVPs going to the Netherlands. Um, <clears throat> anyway, you can find out more about that at sbsmigration.com. Uh, you can also follow Handy Andy on Facebook. He's, uh, he's kind of helping to coordinate uh, those events, so tune into that. Um, and there are also events coming up for the ASCII group, SMB Nation, MSPU, uh, Exchange, which is Everything Channel, um, and many others. And for a complete list of, of calendar items uh, in the MSP space and the cloud space, uh, see my weekly calendar. Uh, you can subscribe by going to smbbooks.com and just clicking on the link that says Carl's SMB email. <coughs> Excuse me. All righty. So where we've been, once again, I have to say that I am amazed and impressed at the evolution of this community. The SMB community really came together around small business server and specifically SBS 2003. It grew uh, dramatically with SMB Nation. Uh, when SMB Nation had their first conference in Seattle, I think that's where most of us really started jumping in and, and participating in the SMB Nation events. Uh, and then quickly they started holding events in Europe and on the east coast of the U.S. and other shows. Um, 
and then MSPU started up, MSPSN, which has now gone away, uh, put together some conferences, uh, and then there were conferences by the ASCII group, CompTIA, Everything Channel, um, and there were lots and lots of things to do. And so suddenly, within a five-year period, more or less, um, this space completely exploded, and um, people like me found that we suddenly had friends in every country on Earth, and um, you know, that no matter where you went, there were people who were um, MSPs and uh, SBSers, uh, really loving uh, the products that we sold and the community that we had, and you know, getting to know more and more people, and actually traveling more than we had before. But just as this community growth hit its peak, there were five big changes that hit the SMB space, and uh, kind of five interesting things that that affected how the, the community was evolving. Two of the changes involved sub-communities. One of the changes was a change in technology. Uh, one involved communications, and one was economic. The first major change was the evolution of HTG, the Heartland Technology Groups. The HTG groups gathered up dozens of companies that wanted to commit to a path of growth, and very quickly they topped out at about 200 companies and started having quarterly meetings, including big conferences with all of their members in one city. Well, that has a huge effect on the budget ability of those companies to ascend, uh, attend other conferences. The second major change was the growth of vendor conferences, and most specifically, the ConnectWise and Autotask conferences have been very successful. If you think about it, it makes perfect sense. When you choose a professional services automation tool, it's instantly the most important tool in your company, and therefore it makes sense that you'll attend that conference before any others. In fact, you're likely to send two or three people if, if you can. So, um, you know, that what happened there, again, is that it had a crunch on the ability to um, attend other conferences. So as the economy uh, tightened, these conferences became more and more successful because they were obvious choices for their partners, and they were some of the larger companies. And so as a result of that, other conferences were hit pretty hard. Um, the third change that took place was cloud computing. Many people are still in the midst of FUD, which is fear, uncertainty, and doubt. But most people have realized that cloud services are neither difficult nor confusing. We're well into the stage of figuring out the best combination of products and services to sell our clients. Most of us have figured out that pure cloud isn't um, necessarily going to be the answer, and so we have created hybrid systems uh, for our clients and offerings that make sense with our business. And it's really been a fairly smooth um, and a very rational evolution. Um, you know, and there are some people who still have this, this sense that, oh, the, the cloud is this big thing that, that I have to learn and I have to overcome some you know, great new learning curve. Uh, and that's just simply not the case. Um, and of course, the entire focus of this program, Cloud Services Roundtable, for the last uh, two years has been about cloud services. Um, <clears throat> the fourth change was social media. Uh, Facebook and LinkedIn have dramatically changed how we communicate. 
Uh, we mix up our personal and our professional profiles together. Um, we have friends all over the world who, who know when we're going on vacation, and if we have a difficult time, you know, they send us notes of encouragement. And uh, when we have great joy, they, they send us notes of congratulation. So um, it really ties us in as, as human beings to one another at a level that uh, Yahoo groups and other miscellaneous you know, technology forms just never could. The, the social media uh, allow us to connect to vendors more easily as well. Uh, they also allow us to model the kind of online communities that our clients should be participating in to build their businesses. And um, you know, I'll talk a, a little bit later about it, but um, you know, my company, Great Little Book, we have developed three different personalized social media sites specifically for members of a specific organization to participate in. One of them is looking at um, having 50,000 members, which is, you know, for a, a site that just started this year or in 2011, is amazing. And uh, so, you know, there, there's really a future to be made in, in helping people build these social media sites. And it, it, you don't have to compete with Facebook in order to be successful. The fifth big change we've already hinted at, and that's the recession. So I want to talk a little bit about that because it's, it's one of the biggest factors affecting where we are and, and where we're going to go. We're now well into the fourth year of this recession. Uh, as strange as it sounds, I remember precisely when the stock market crashed in 2008. It happened on uh, the Friday immediately before SMB Nation, um, and it continued on the Monday after SMB Nation. In those two trading days, the Dow Jones Industrial Average went from about 11,000 down to 8,500. That's a 32% drop. Uh, and it didn't stop there. In fact, it didn't stop until it was well below 7,000 six months later. The stock market recovered anemically to about 9,500. Uh, by SMB Nation 2009. It wandered its way up and down, and it was at about 11,000 for SMB Nation 2010. And it got to almost 12, almost 13,000 uh, during 2011. But at SMB Nation in, in the fall, it was back down to 11,000 again. In other words, exactly three years later, the stock market was exactly where it had been three years earlier. But obviously, a whole lot had shaken out in the meantime. Of course, during all of that, the housing market crashed. There are still millions of bank-owned homes that have to come onto the market. Uh, there are still plenty of derivative-based investment schemes that have to crash. And, you know, it's, it's not a matter of whether these things are going to happen. They have to happen. We have to go through the rest of this. You, you can't you can't start jumping off the bottom until you touch the bottom and you don't know when you've touched the bottom until you've already climbed up several steps. So everyone in America knows someone who has lost their homes to this recession. Uh, people have gone bankrupt, gone out of business, lost their retirements and um, while it looks like it's getting better I think that we're not going to see the kind of quick rise and bubble that we saw in the last recession. It will probably take three to five years for the housing market to see real growth. 
So, you know, the interesting thing is that what you need to do is you need to have a different view about what your business looks like. One of my favorite movies is The Godfather. And uh, at one point, they change uh, the, the primary advisor, the conciliary, and, and um, the, the new godfather tells him, he says, Tom, you're a great advisor, but you're not a wartime conciliary. And so you have to do the same thing with your business. You have to assume that you're going to be in some kind of a recession in the next year. And the good news is there's lots and lots of people who still make money during recessions. So just because there's a recession doesn't mean that you're not going to make money. But you have to plan on how you're going to make money during a recession. You have to be a recession-based business. You have to really seriously pay attention to cash flow. And if you read my SOP Friday posts, I've got several posts out there on cash flow, including the most recent one. Uh, you know, I personally believe you need to go look at that every single week and know exactly where your company is. And you need to make fast decisions. The hardest thing that we learned during this recession was, you know, how to lay people off. Um, you know, our business floated down, floated down as. People who had nine desktops went to eight. People who had 30 desktops went to 28. Um, and the good news is, without getting any new clients, we expect it to float up a little bit. Obviously, we're going to try to get new clients. But if we don't get any new clients, we still expect our business to float up a bit in the next year as the people who have 25 clients go to 26, 27. The people who have 30 go to 35. The people who are at 6 go to 8. Um, we do expect people to simply add some desktops, and um, that will buoy our business. And, you know, in, in large part, we made it through this recession because we paid attention to cash flow and we um, have a managed service model. You know, we have a guaranteed income every single month. And um, as, it, as we grow out of the recession, that managed service model is really going to serve us well because... Um, we will do essentially nothing and gain additional income as our clients add computers and add desktops. So, uh, but you gotta you gotta pay attention to it, and you you have to be willing to act fast. Um, you know, one of the reasons cash flow is so important is that the cost of personnel is so high. You know, the cost of an employee is just about the most expensive thing in your business, and overall, uh, the cost of employees and payroll is the biggest expense in any business. So you have to figure out what you want to do. And uh, again, you know, I'm, I'm working with some companies and trying to help them figure out, you know, do you want to stay a sole proprietor or do you want to move to being two or three or four people? If you choose to stay as a sole proprietor, you can still make more money by restructuring your business. If you choose to grow, well, there's a there's a big hump you got to get over, and uh, so it takes a different mindset. So you got to figure out what you want to do. Um, I think that 2012 is going to be a much better year for everybody than 2011, but I don't think we're going to have rapid growth. I don't think that we're going to have a bubble. I don't think that we're going to skyrocket to a great economy. The interesting thing in the U.S. is that we have an election year where we're going to beat each other up, and um, many of you are not aware of this, but I have a master's degree in political science. And so uh, my, I, I, 
I have a lot of opinions, and I won't go into the political side of it per se, except to tell you that I am extremely depressed at the options available for the presidency of the United States. I think that uh, Barack Obama had a lot of promise and has been completely without any inspiration or ability to get anything done. I think that the Democrats have no one else to put up, not that they would anyway. I think the Republicans have no one to offer up. Uh, I think that our next president will be extremely lackluster and will be very ineffective for another four years. Uh, all we can hope for is that there's enough momentum that people are interested in seeing change and, uh, um, you know, that as a group they all get together and decide they're actually going to do something instead of sitting around with their fingers up their noses. Having said that, the election is in November, so it's at the end of 2012. So we've got 11 months of um, excitement ahead of us, or 10 months, I guess, at this point, of excitement ahead of us, uh, followed by an election. And then the new president will take office in January of 2013. So, uh, you know, don't, don't think that the new president is going to have any effect whatsoever on your new future, because the new president won't exist for another year. So, um, but, but that political scene is something that you need to pay attention to um, and this, this will probably be a year where Congress will try to spend as much money as they can uh, in order to, to you know, they're, they're not trying to put us deeper in debt, but they will put us deeper in debt in order to get themselves reelected. That will have a better effect on the economy than any of the stimulus packages we've seen so far because the, the, the desperate need of politicians to get reelected will cause them to do whatever it takes, including uh, spend you know more and more money than we have. So um, that will continue, 100% guaranteed. And so the election cycle actually will have a positive impact on our economy all by itself. So <clears throat> let me give you, uh, and I go into great, much greater detail uh, on on the the eight truths, Carl's eight truths about managed services and cloud computing, uh, in my presentation on you know. Uh, designing services for 1 to 20 desktops. Um, but um, let me just briefly go into my eight truths about managed services and cloud computing. Uh, the first truth is that managed services is not dead. Um, it's going to look a lot different than it used to, but it's definitely not dead. Uh, when we move people to the cloud, even people who are 100% in the cloud, no server, uh, we manage their desktops. Uh, we sell them antivirus and spam filtering and hosted uh, spam filtering, hosted backup, all of that. We still sell them a managed service contract. We sell them a contract that uh, is, you know, we have a five pack for, for $250 that <clears throat> basically when something goes wrong with their computers, they can call us and we will uh, we'll do what we always do, which is help them fix it up. Uh, it covers maintenance, so ads, moves, and changes are not covered, but maintenance of the operating system and software is covered. And in, in isolated environments, um, there's very, very little maintenance is required. So the more clients that we have added to that, the more profitable we have become. And so, um, you know, I encourage you to not leave money on the table. So many people... For whatever reason, their their first mindset is, "Oh, I got to save my client money." Well, 
you know what? If your client didn't ask you to save them money, their highest priority might be to stay in business and be profitable and have their employees be effective. And so that might be worth 50 bucks per desktop per month. So continue to sell those managed services on top of cloud services. Uh, Create a bundle that that makes that happen. Uh, Don't have a mindset that, oh, you move somebody to the cloud and now you just walk away. Um, If you walk away, that's your choice. That's not the client's choice. Um, The client engaged you for a reason and they want to keep you around. Second big truth, if you're in the server business, your days are numbered. But if you're in the technology business, then you have many good years ahead of you. Um, And we'll talk in a bit about the good news about what's going on in the year ahead. Um, If you're in the technology business, then you still have all the same clients you had before and you have lots of other uh, potential clients. Because... If you're going to sell servers and the number of servers that you sell gets cut in half, you're going to see that as as a loss. But if you focus on technology consulting and you place the value in that, then you're going to figure out how you're going to make money in technology consulting. Just because you've moved your backup into the cloud doesn't mean that a dentist knows any more about technology than they used to and, or that uh, you know a, a lawyer somehow knows you know, how to make sure that archives are working or that antivirus is properly configured. So your clients still need you and your services are still valuable, but you have to believe that and you have to set up pricing that that makes sense so that you can continue to make money. Uh, The third truth is that opportunity thrives at the small end of the SMB market. So the S in SMB is way bigger than everybody else. I don't have worldwide figures, but in the United States, there are about 15 million businesses. 14.4 of those million, 14.4 million businesses, have fewer than 20 desktops. So if you think about it in those terms, you know, 96% of the businesses are very small. And that means that they're eligible for small business server. They're eligible, many of them are eligible for foundation server. Uh, SBS Essentials. I mean, the core things that we sell are the core things that are needed by these businesses. And in most countries in the world, very even fewer businesses are big. In other words, there are, there are lots and lots of countries where there isn't a single business with more than 100 employees. So um, outside the United States, the numbers are even better. The percentages are even better. So opportunity is is very strong in this SMB space and at the S side of the SMB space. So don't forget that. Um, Truth number four. Technical consulting has always been about moving the bottleneck. Now it's going to also be about optimizing the placement of the processing power. Back in the day... Um, you know, we always were trying to figure out where's the bottleneck, where's the bottleneck, where's the bottleneck. One of the uh, the greatest chapters ever written in the history of technology uh, is in the uh, Windows NT 3.5 resource kit. There's an entire chapter on performance monitor and, uh, you know, how you figure out, you know, where, where your system is slow. Is it, uh, is it because the server queue is above one? Is it, is it in the, the processor? Is it in the cache? Is it in the memory? Is it you know, the hard disk? Uh, how many page faults are there? Right? And so 
the this really great chapter teaches you how to monitor just a handful of things and figure out where the slowness of your computer is. If it's just memory and you can increase memory, great. You've, you've moved the bottleneck. You cannot eliminate the bottleneck. You simply move the bottleneck. And eventually what you want to do is you want to move the bottleneck to something that, that you don't control anymore. Um, so maybe you eventually move the bottleneck to the processor. Well, you can't make that processor go any faster. Maybe you can add a second processor, um, but at some point the answer is that the client's got to either live with it or buy new equipment. In the days of the internet, uh, we want the bottleneck to be on somebody else's wire. In other words, when there's a bottleneck, I want it to be at, at Verizon or AT&T or you know, whoever's providing my bandwidth. Um, then we move to Comcast, and that's no longer the bottleneck. Now the bottleneck is the server on the other side. Well, if the, if the bottleneck is at Microsoft or the bottleneck is at IBM or the bottleneck is at Intel, hey, there's absolutely nothing I can do about that. I have simply moved the bottleneck off of the equipment I control and influence with my client, and therefore I've done the best I can. So now we add to that the, perceptive, the perception of processing power. Okay, and in the world of cloud computing, you've got to think about, we have so many more options. Where do you want that processing power to be maximized? Is it in the handheld device? Is it in the desktop computer, in the server, in the, the routers, the switches? Is it on in the cloud? If you use something like salesforce.com, right, are, are you using their processing power or yours? What's the balance of those things? Uh, when I'm doing word processing, I don't care how much memory there is in my uh, handheld device. I want it on my desktop. That's where I need the processing power. When I'm doing backup, I need the bandwidth to be able to allow me to you know, move that, that data um, across the wire. So where is the processing power and where do you need to spend your money? And that will help you. When you think in those terms, it will help you right-size the choices you make. Um, you know, forever and ever and ever we've been hearing about thin clients and how, you know, terminal services and blah, blah, blah. Well, most of us don't have a bunch of thin clients in, uh, uh, in customer sites that have five or six or ten computers. We simply don't do it. They buy a computer, not thin clients. Uh, bigger clients, you know, big, bigger customers will buy thin clients, but... Um, it just doesn't make as much sense in a small space. And when you think about where you need the processing power and how much you're willing to pay for it, that will help you have a philosophy when, within your business about whether or not you're going to be selling thin clients or whatever the technology is that comes along. So that, that little perception about where do you place the processing power is extremely powerful. Uh, truth number five, we are moving away from a market in which products are sold and we're moving toward a market in which solutions are bought. In other words, clients want to be able to go on the internet in the middle of the night, go click, 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 figure out what they want, and buy it. And that's very different from having you come in and say, here, let me sell you the latest and greatest thing. So people want to have options. So you have to figure out what options can you give to them that can help them to be more profitable, more efficient, more successful, and so forth. And in, in that transition, what happens is that clients 
are not going to like the old school sales techniques. They want to be softened up a little bit. It helps tremendously that we live in an area of social media. Uh, not only can you participate with potential clients through social media, but uh, even if you never do any interaction with them, they can look you up and they can see that, you know what, that's the kind of person I want to do business with. And they might pick you out and buy you before you've even heard that they have any kind of need that's out there. Because they see who you are online. They see how you interact with people. Um, they see the pride that you take in your work and the kinds of things that you do. Um, so you have to kind of put yourself out there a little bit. Um, and even in terms of marketing, uh, give people some options and let them pick one and uh, you will be very successful. Truth number six, whoever owns the transaction owns the client. And that is simply a matter of, think about when you ding a credit card. If I have a choice where I can uh, charge a client directly for phone services and then pay the phone provider for the licensing, uh, I'm going to sell that as my first option because I ding the credit card. I own that client. They pay me for their services. They write that check to me. Um, if I'm just a pass-through agent for the phone company, then the phone company owns that client. And at the end of the day, uh, I can easily be eliminated because they can call the phone company and say, yeah, I, I don't like that Carl guy, or I don't want to just, you know, I don't want him to get his 10% or whatever it is. Um, and they can eliminate me very easily. So um, you may choose to not own clients. I just heard about a, a consultant who made the decision. In fact, he's probably on this call. I have to look through the, the call list. But he made the decision that he doesn't want to own any clients. He wants to only do pass-throughs and sell labor and um, um, help clients you know, work with, with other companies. And so you may choose to do that. But just remember that uh, if somebody else is dinging their credit card for you know, the Internet and the phone, and the backup solution and the, um, you know, on and on and on. Every single thing you sell, well, you don't really own that client at all. You're just, you're just lucky enough that um, they keep you around. Uh, so keep that in mind. And, you know, I, I get beat up sometimes by people from Microsoft. They don't like me harping about their um, Office 365. But at the end of the day... I would much rather sell my client an office license than to uh, just be a pass-through and let Microsoft take my client's name and credit card number and own that client. Truth number seven. <clears throat> we have never had a better set of options to sell our clients in the SMB space. Today is just a great, great time to be in this business. Um, you know, despite the, the fact that hard drives have had a recent increase in price, um, everything else in this space is getting better and cheaper and faster, and we have so many options. It used to be, if you wanted backup, it was it was tape or uh, zip disks, and um, and then it became, you know, eventually we were able to offer disk to disk backups, and now we have cloud backups, and so. Whatever the client needs, you can right-size their choice and help them do the right thing. So we have so many options. In fact, it's, it's one of the hardest things if you were new to this business is figuring out 
what does your line card look like? What do you want to sell? And, uh, and you know, because there's so many options that didn't exist before. The good news about having so many options is that it means that you uh, are always going to be needed as the advisor. When there's too many options, people become paralyzed. When, when somebody's ready to fix a problem, they open their wallet and say, all right, who can fix this problem? And you've done it yourself. There's times when you go on the Internet and you go click, 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 and you, you, know, you look at like three solutions and you haven't dug very deep, but you find something that looks like it might work, and you put in your credit card and you spend whatever it is, $30, $50, $100, $1,000, but you buy something that's going to fix your problem right now. And at that time, if you had an advisor, if you had someone you could turn to and say, hey, I need to know what the best thing for me to do in this situation is, you would have done that. You would have probably had a better solution and would have saved yourself some money. Well, guess what? You're the consultant. You are the person that people turn to. You're the one that people need to be able to turn to and say, hey, here's my problem. What's my solution? You can help them find the answer. And you, Because plowing through technical solutions is something that you can do better than they can do because it's what you do for a living. It's where all of your experience lies. You're really good at this. That's why you're in business. So there's, there's a lot of um, promise in our space because of the great diversity of options that are out there. Um, truth number eight. Everything in your business is going to look different three years from now. Three years from now, we will be either out of this recession or well on our way to being out of this recession. Um, all of the computers, thank God, all of the servers you have now will be gone. They will be dust. Uh, many of them are very close to it already because they've put off upgrading for so long. But um, Internet speeds will be dramatically increased. The price of everything will be lower. Um, what we use on our desktops will be much more finely tuned. I think we're moving to more and more and more small devices. It's kind of interesting. You know, we used to have the one big server in the other room, and then we moved to having a desktop on, on everybody's desk. Um, and then we added some laptops, and then we added some handhelds, and then we added, you know, our, our phones now do everything we need them to do, but, but we still are going to have room for a tablet and an iPad and on and on and on. So what we're going to see is more and more and more of those devices. Well, guess what? All those devices cost money. Somebody has to sell them. Somebody has to service them. Somebody has to configure them. Somebody has to make sure they're secure. Um, and so we're going to smaller and smaller processors. We're going to much more distribution of processing power. We've got data everywhere you can possibly imagine, and most of it is not backed up. Um, a lot of it is not secure. And we are going to be, in the next three years, converging into a market where um, somebody has to figure out how to manage all that. There will be companies coming into existence simply to manage the great variety of devices that are showing up in your clients' offices that they literally have no control over. It was bad enough when people could show up with their own USB drive and plug in you know, a, a 100 gigabyte drive into the um, network and suddenly people started putting crap on it and it was never backed up. That was a bad situation. Now, when you've got handhelds that have gigabytes full of data and you've got lots and lots of them and they can just show up out of nowhere, security becomes a massive issue. Uh, consolidation becomes an issue. 
backing it up becomes an issue. And um, so, you know, the, the world's going to be very different. And, you know, get ready for that explosion because it's already happening. And um, it's also an opportunity for you to work with your clients and develop strategies. You know, what constitutes a sound technology policy for your company? Can people just come in here and bring anything they want? Maybe the answer is yes, but if the answer is yes, what should we be backing up? Do we need to back up everybody's home videos? Do we need to be backing up everybody's pictures? Do we need to be backing up everybody's music? Um, so help your clients develop good, sound technology policies that are going to last and get ready to update those as technology comes into existence that hasn't currently been used. So believe it or not, uh, despite all of my negative comments earlier, I think the future is very bright. You know, the after effect of three and a half years of recession is that lots and lots of servers are very old. Servers are older than they should be. You know, uh, many of us were in the, the state of having servers that should have been replaced when the market crashed in October of 2008, and now they're three years older than that, and they are literally, you know, they have pieces falling off of them. Um, and so right now you're probably, even if you've, like I've been in this business for 17 years, um, and what I see in front of me is a collection of servers that is older than any bunch of servers I've ever dealt with in the past. Um, and, and we're pretty vicious about trying to get people to replace machines every three years. Um, and that's gone to four and five. And I know that there are people out there who've got servers that are 10 years old. So, you know, whether you sell hardware or cloud services, you've got some big projects in your future. You're going to migrate people to new hardware. You're going to migrate people to the cloud, right? So, you know, this is good for you, right? You, uh, you have lots of, uh, of big projects ahead of you. Um, as things begin to ease up this year, probably the first thing you're going to see is new server migrations. And 2011, I don't know if we sold a server in December. I know we installed one, but I think I think it was the first year that in in a while that we sold a server every month. So I expect 2012 to be better than that. Um, you know, and either way you win, right? Again, you're the you're the advisor that takes people to the cloud. You're the advisor that takes people to new um, hardware. And you know, the interesting thing is, I'm not sure where the fear came from when we started moving into cloud services. A lot of people were fearful that they would lose their jobs. Like, oh, if we don't sell servers, what am I going to do? Well, you're going to do what you always do. You're you're going to sell consulting. You're going to sell your labor. You're going to make it all happen. You know, just because something's in the cloud doesn't mean you don't have to test it, you don't have to configure it, you don't have to back it up, you don't have to troubleshoot it. You know, yeah, it's easier, and yeah, you make more money, but um, it, it's not necessarily something that is completely without maintenance. So some of the other changes that you're going to see is, um, you know, I, I touched a bit on social media. Uh, we have been developing sites that are social media sites for use either within one company or within one organization that wants to um, become a membership organization. And I think if you look into it, you'll see there's some really powerful tools out there uh, for um, building these social media sites. More of these tools will become available. I think more and more of your clients are going to see it as the, as the future, 
right? That even within their own company, they want to have a social media site for getting things done. The new project by Bob Gottgart, Channelize, um, is really a social media site for connecting vendors with um, partners. So I think that that model is very much the future. And um, building customized social media sites can be uh, very um, lucrative. We have uh, the biggest site that we've built. Um, I think that they paid us in the neighborhood of $20,000 in the last quarter of last year. So, um, and most of that is labor. Um, and so it's, uh, it's a very good thing. But we got the hosting contract out of it as well. So, um, you know, think about social media as, you know, something that is going to grow very much. It's going to evolve into your client space. And it doesn't have to be housed in-house. Um, but, you know, where, where can you uh, work with that? Either take on that business within your own company or partner with somebody who's doing it. Uh, on a related scale, the um, marketing is something where you should be able to help your clients whether it's with social media or uh, helping them get connected and seeing what works for them. Can you help them set up blogs? Can you help them set up uh, new websites? Um, so that's something that I, I think has a huge potential in the next few years. I'm shocked at how many businesses still don't have a website. You know, um, Maybe they just got their first fax machine. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, um, you know, there, there's plenty of <clears throat> opportunity uh, for you to help your clients with marketing and uh, you know help them to be successful. When I look ahead at 2012, I see quite a bit of change within our own space. I think you're going to see some consolidation. I think you'll be surprised that some of the vendors who have uh, not fared well in this recession, and so one product's going to be bought by another. Uh, one you know vendor might combine with another or partner with another. I think some of the tool vendors in particular uh, have had some very difficult times, and so I think you're going to see some shakeups there. Um, I think even more than last year, you're going to see some partnerships where it's real clear that one of the partners is much bigger than the other and is, and is running the show. Uh, we have a thing, you know, one of, my, one of my perceptions about how I look at the world is uh, a philosophy of what's called intoxication and hangover. In other words, we do too much in one direction, and then we have to pay the piper and and um, uh, you know remediate that situation. Um, Twelve months ago, I told you that the word of the year was disintermediation. Disintermediation means that you you remove the intermediary, you remove the middleman, and so one program after another. We have had disintermediation. A perfect example is Microsoft's Office 365. They have removed the partner from the equation. So now Microsoft has a direct relationship with the end user. Um, Dell has always competed with their partners to sell computers directly to clients. Uh, HP has been less successful at that, but they've also got a program to sell PCs directly to clients. And more and more and more, we, we see this. If, if we can eliminate uh, Ingram or Cynix or DNH from the equation, we will. Uh, because you know, they're, they're just going to take a chunk of the money. So what the heck? You know, we have eliminated middlemen. And in many cases, we have been the middlemen who have been eliminated. Well, 
in the philosophy of intoxication and hangover, we have disintermediated too much. We have asked the clients to take on too much. They are now ha coming up for renewals on many services where they had eliminated the, the vendors out of the middle. Um, and now they're finding that they don't want to deal with the options for renewal. Should I do three months? And I used to buy two licenses at a time. Now I have to buy three at a time and so forth and so on. So once again, we get back to they need advice. They need help. And uh, some of the programs that have eliminated the partners in the middle are now finding that they're going to need those partners. And, um, you know, some companies, you know, like Symantec, for example, have been historically really bad at dealing with partners. And they tried a partner program, but you know what? They didn't make a bunch of money, so, you know, they're, they're, they walked away, and now they're going to come back. Um, many, many people put some a bunch of money into working with partner programs uh, in the heyday of the SMB space, and during the recession, they cut those partner programs. Well, now you're going to see, I think, more of a commitment to partners. You're going to see money flowing back into partner programs in 2012. And, um, you know, hallelujah, it's about time. But uh, also keep in mind that a company that quickly eliminated their partner program during the recession um, has a shaky commitment to partners. And so you need to make sure that you keep that in mind. Join their partner programs, participate where you can, but remember, uh, they might also just uh, abandon you again. They now have that um, history. Um, finally, I think that many cloud companies are just about to discover our space. Um, you know, we discovered the cloud two years ago. Uh, many people got into the cloud one year ago, two years ago. Well, now the cloud's going to get into us. Cloud providers started out with what makes the most sense for them, which is really, really big companies. When you can take 7,000 servers and turn them into five and then turn them into 3,000 servers, well, you know, there's a lot of money there and that's a big target and everybody wants to go after that. But then you look around and you see that 96% of all businesses have 25 or fewer desktops. Well, by golly, there's a lot of market there. And so I think that those cloud companies are now going to discover SMB in the way that, uh, you know, some of the, the big software manufacturers discovered SMB uh, 10 years ago. So I think that you're going to see more programs are going to come into existence. They're going to be priced right for the SMB space. They're going to have a series of options that make sense for the SMB space. And instead of selling us the same thing that they wanted to sell uh, IBM and Intel, they're going to sell us something that makes more sense for our clients. So look forward to that in 2012. That will finally come to maturity. So, so those are my you know, guesses about what's going to go on in the year ahead. Let me finally just tell you what some of the changes are that are going to happen on this podcast. Um, this podcast is called Cloud Services Roundtable, and um, we are moving away from our current format to a slightly different format. Uh, I think probably nobody will notice since... Um, you know, what, what's happened is that this podcast has always been live. And so uh, what happens is that you it's live, but if you want to listen to it uh, in a recorded format, 
um, you can do that. And the recorded, you know, you have to be a member to, to get the recording. Well, when I first started out, I got a hundred lines and I filled them the first time. So then I got 200 lines and then I got 300 lines and eventually I went to the GoToWebinar tool because I got a thousand lines and I've never filled the thousand lines. I think we came close one time. But um, anyway, so, so I designed a podcast for that kind of listenership. Well, once I made the membership available, People started downloading it sometimes two and three times, and uh, you know they they listen to it that way. And so we have a huge audience in Australia and the UK, uh, even uh, South Africa. So um, they're in different time zones. So they don't they don't they have absolutely no interest in being tied to their chair just in order to get this for free. And so listenership to the live podcasts has dropped down. You know, very low, very small numbers, but listenership to the recorded podcast has gone through the roof. So I've decided that we're going to make a change, and I'm going to eliminate the live podcasts, but we're going to dramatically increase the number of recorded podcasts because it's very easy for me to record five or ten or twenty minutes of an interview and then put that up as a little mini podcast. So uh, we're going to have lots more podcasts, but they're going to be recorded and they'll be available for download at cloudservicesroundtable.com. That also allows me to have a theme song. I picked out a great theme song. I'm hoping you'll like it. Um, And we'll do what we always do, news about the SMB space and the cloud space, uh, making money in this specialized space. And... um, you know, you may or may not recall that um, I once had a podcast called the SMB Community Podcast. And so um, if you don't recall that, it's okay. Nobody listened to it. So um, anyway, it, it, its goal was to be focused completely on the SMB community. And so we're having a bit of a rebranding. And so soon there will be a new logo up for both Cloud Services Roundtable and the SMB Community Podcast. So we will reinvigorate that name. Uh, smbcommunitypodcast.com will take you to uh, the current Cloud Services Roundtable website, uh, and we will post up uh, all of our information there. Um, what you're going to see is that uh, we have lots of things planned, um, and I will get the, the new podcast posted up there. Uh, I have already recorded two interviews with um, Joyce Blonsky, who is an an investment advisor, and she's written the first book on investing in cloud companies and internet-based companies that are listed on the New York Stock Exchange and Dow Jones or the uh, NASDAQ. So um, we're going to be posting up uh, those announcements as well as um, additional podcasts I have a series of people lined up who are going to provide monthly interviews. Again, sometimes very short, but if I have a bunch of five-minute interviews, I'll patch them together as a uh, a single program. And um, again, we'll put those up on those sites. The the basic model is going to be the same in terms of our focus is going to be on the SMB space, um, and you know it, it'll be 
uh, kind of fun. So, you know, one of the things we're going to be able to do is have sound effects so that when I tell a joke, right, I'll be able to have a nice little, you know, little uh, rim shot, you know, whenever I tell a joke. So that way you'll you'll be able to enjoy that. Um, so. Um, so check out the website at cloudservicesroundtable.com, and in the next few days you're going to see me post up um, specific podcasts, new guests that we've never had in this space before. Um, we've really introduced some new people into this space at Cloud Services Roundtable in the last year. A lot of people that had never paid any attention to the SMB space. Um, and so we're going to bring some of those people back and talk about, you know, what are they doing? You know, what what does Google see for partnerships in the SMB space? What does IBM see for partnerships in the SMB space? Um, and obviously, we're still going to have our old friends at uh, Microsoft and everybody else. But um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna have a slightly different focus, and um, we're really going to go pretty deep. So I hope that you will continue to join us. Um, I will be making announcements on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and of course on the Cloud Services Roundtable itself. So um, I look forward to a great year, and I hope you do too. I hope this was worth your time. I appreciate any feedback you have. You can email me at carlp at greatlittlebook.com. And uh, I appreciate your time today. This will conclude our podcast. And I wish everyone in the world of the cloud a wonderful and a prosperous day. Thanks for tuning in.